Hey, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of You Have Failed with me, Zay Invader. And uh, once again, we're going to be speaking about Attack on Titan, because you guys have apparently been loving these episodes. The support has been great in the moment. Uh, the numbers just keep racking up and racking up. Really, it's quite remarkable um, that the show is doing anywhere near as well as it is currently. And that is not something I intend on complaining about. But, you know, it's not just me giving out Attack on Titan content at the moment, so I might as well give a shout out to... Uh, Ares Pharaoh and her show, The Pharaoh of the Opera. She has done two Attack on Titan videos so far. One is her confession of love for the show and confession of love for Captain Levi. And the other was actually a, uh, a versus between Game of Thrones and Attack on Titan, her two current favourite shows. And for a long time, as I've been discussing with her, she hasn't known which was her favourite. So she decided to sit down on mic and once and for all, set out which of the two shows was her favourite. She made very good points uh, on both sides. She she broke it down into categories and by the end came uh, to a final conclusion. One which I will not spoil because it is a very good episode and for me it was very tense. I was obviously rooting for one side and it was very tense the whole way through and before the final decision uh, and the whole way through the video I was literally just on edge like oh my god I don't know who's going to win this and I know who I want to win this and Honestly, uh, the conclusion surprised me. Um, it really did. Uh, so please do go and check that out. It'll be well worth your time if you're an Attack on Titan fan, a Game of Thrones fan, or just uh, a fan of podcasts and you want to give something else a try. And before I blabber on too much, I will get to the part of the episode where, as always, I will say that we at Arts do stand, of course, with the Black Lives Matter campaign. A search for equality among all ethnicities is essentially what it is, not with obviously a primary focus on the black community and the afflictions they have been dealt uh, throughout history. Uh, we stand very strongly with this, and if you have any, any heart is maybe the right way to say it, you know, a soul. If you're a human being who is somewhat decent, please just go to websites like www.blacklivesmatter.com where you can find out ways to help. You know, even if you just read up on the stuff and educate yourself, that, that's all you really need, but you can also give monetarily on places like this and keep the conversation going uh, using the hashtags like hashtag BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter uh, to keep the conversation going on social media and make sure that something gets done the quality is finally reached now as i said i am back with attack on titan and this might be a good time to mention that now each week on twitch uh sometime after nine normally i will be doing a live reaction to the attack on titan episode of that day so this is obviously be weekly on a sunday the reason i leave it 20 or so minutes um after the episode releases it's so that anyone who wants to just watch the episode themselves first can, and then they can come into the stream. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Or if they want to watch it directly along with me, I will tell you when I'm starting so we can all watch it together and my reactions can just be there. Because obviously, due to Twitch rules, I cannot have music. Um, well, I can't have the audio or video on Twitch, otherwise I'll get some sort of copyright strike because I do not own the media. But it was really fun. I did it yesterday. Yesterday is a recording this, which is Sunday. Um... Uh, really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun, uh, so please do come and check that out if you want to see me um, get emotional to Attack on Titan. Um, and yeah, that's that's sort of the, the watch parties, I'm going to call it out the way. Um, that is on Twitch, it's just Sam Vader on Twitch. Um, the link is in my Twitter, 
which is at Vader Saiyan, or well, the link. Well, I'll, I'll post the link on Twitter when I'm going live to at Vader Saiyan at and at You Have Failed SV. But I'll talk more about the Twitter pages later. Uh, because for now, I've got an episode to do, and quite frankly, I don't really know what I'm talking about this week. Um, I know I'm talking about the most recent episode, and that will take up, as it normally does, the portion before the uh, sponsorship. Uh, but I don't really know what I'm talking about afterwards. I've spoken about Aaron Yeager a lot, which isn't a complaint. I love him. I'm thinking of taking a break, and honestly, I'm just hoping my mind flows somewhere and goes on a bit of a rant about Attack on Titan. I don't know what it's going to be about. Um... But yeah, I'm kind of... What the fuck was that? I don't know. Someone just slammed the door. Inconsiderate bastards. I mean, why is anyone else awake? I don't... Moving on. Um, as you can see, production... Production? Production, that very famous word. Production value is very high on this show. I'm not even going to cut that out because honestly, we're all failures around here. It's kind of my shtick. Anywho. Um, yeah, so... This week's Attack on Titan episode, what a, that was an interesting one. I remember um, I had a conversation with obviously Aries Era about it because um, she was the main one commenting <coughs> on the Twitch chat afterwards and everything. And it's a very interesting episode. I think the highlight was Levi joking. I, I say joking. I'm pretty sure he definitely, definitely meant it when he um, exclaimed how he was unimpressed that the, uh, the rest of the squad have... Uh, have now beaten him in height, shall we say, by quite some margin, now that they are all adults as well, and that was a very humorous moment, and that that was my favourite moment of the episode, um, just from pure enjoyment, from from character, Eren steals it again, because at this point you should be so angry at him, he, he's gone so far off the bloody rails, um, and this is where I'm blatantly just going to end up talking about Eren again for a bit, but but I sympathise with him, um, and I'll get more into that in a minute. I don't want to. I want to talk about other things going on in the episode. Zeke, Zeke's up to something. Don't trust that motherfucker. And Niccolo, who I liked last episode, you know, he was like, "Oh, let me cater for you and Sasha." No, no, he's a prick. He, um, he's working with Zeke. There's something in that wine, and now I think about it, it's probably Zeke's spinal fluid, so he can turn anyone who's drinked it into a drinked it drunk it into a titan and i don't like that idea because all the scouts were drinking it when they were with levi i mean fortunately levi wasn't drinking it because you know he's a he's a straight tea drinker but yeah i don't trust zeke he, he's definitely up to something at the moment um but levi is still currently keeping him in check and um let's be fair zeke will need a whole army of titans just to slow levi down for a second if he does want to try and get away and clearly the person he wants to try and get to is erin jaeger um his younger half-brother, who he wants to get to work with him. And as much as I think Erin will, quote-unquote, work with him, he, um... Yeah, Erin's going to be using him, I've no doubt that he, uh, He's just going to trick Zeke and be like, Ah, psych, I don't like you. Um... Because Erin's plan is definitely wildly different. He wants to protect Historia and his friends above all else, and Zeke... Zeke, I think, at this point is... Is just... Just a tool for Eren, because um, obviously Eren's plan, Zeke's plan is to currently or use Historia and maybe use the Rumbling, maybe not. Like Zeke has his own plan and Eren's is definitely to just make sure Paradis is the only nation standing. You, you can see the moment it was the um, 
the people that Mikasa descends from, the, the, the Eastern nation, I can't remember what they were called, um, the moment they decided not to work with Paradis, that was the moment I think Eren finally everything snapped within him. He was like, look, clearly no one is going to want to help us. No one's going to try and help us. Therefore, the only way to do this is to get rid of everyone else before they get rid of us, because all they care about is the natural resources on this island. Um, and obviously he doesn't want to use Historia. There's definitely a, a ship going on there uh, for, for, for Mrs. Pharaoh who loves her ships, yeah, Eren's definitely at least got very strong feelings towards towards Historia, and he doesn't want to make her a titan, he doesn't, by the way, that that baby, if that's not Eren's, um, it's not some random farmer, the timing's too coincidental, it, it's Eren's, I've no doubt that baby is Eren Jaeger's baby with Historia, and you know what, I'm here for it, and but the whole gang, the whole squad, they've grown, they've grown so much, and that moment when they're on the cart in the flashback and they're all trying to work out which one of them should inherit Eren's Titan and <clears throat> Eren says no none of you and they all think like what, why, why none of us and it, it's because he wanted to protect them he doesn't want them to have a short life he wants them to have a long life and that's what made me realize in this episode that he won't work with Zeke he's got his own plan and that plan is to protect everyone on Paradis by eliminating every threat outside of it because he wants his friends to live long lives and that's what his friends don't realize at the moment that is the real tragedy of this they just see how much he's changed and i'm not begrudging that he has changed an awful lot you know he's not the Aaron they used to know but at the same time they it's so horrible to watch because they only see what he's willing to do and not the reason he's going to do it whereas he only sees the reason he's going to do it and doesn't really focus on what he's willing to do for it like to Arian wiping out the rest of humanity to save his friends it, that doesn't matter as long as his friends are safe whereas for them they don't see that it's for them they just see that he's willing to commit this atrocious act and that's causing a lot of friction and tension and it's awful seeing that they both can't see each other's side Arian's so desensitized that he doesn't well, he knows what he's doing is wrong, but he doesn't see himself as having a choice, so doesn't care. He's like, no, if it's the rest of the world are my friends, I'm picking my friends. Whereas the others still have enough of a moral conscience and enough of a choice. They're allowed to choose. And, you know, their choice is that, well, no, I don't think this is right. And Connie even said himself, they might have to be the one to cut Aaron down. And Mikasa protested at first, but even she sort of gave in to the idea that they might need to have to stop him. And that will be, I think, the final conflict of the show, the fact that Eren's going to go through with this plan. How far he gets and, and if they stop him, and if they stop him by by killing him or some other means is, is yet to be decided. Um, well, in the anime, I'm sure the manga is a bit further ahead with that storyline. And it's... It's horrible to see, you know, the bit where he sort of grabs Hanji by the collar and it's quite harsh what he's doing and his words are, you know, more of a threat. But I think if you look behind that threat, it's just a broken man calling out for help saying, give me another fucking way. Tell me another way I can do this and I will do it this other way. I don't want this. I don't want this life. I don't want all of this shit thrust upon me. You know, so much responsibility has been thrown on Aaron's shoulders and... And he doesn't want any of it, but he doesn't have a choice at this point. He's got to do what he has to do. And, and that's the unfortunate situation that this poor boy has been put in. Um, and you can't help, well, I can't help that feel sorry for him. 
no matter what he does, you know, and knowing he's doing it all to protect them, like when Sasha died, as much as even Connie commented that he laughed, that wasn't as much, it, yeah, he laughed, but it wasn't a haha, that's funny laugh, that's a, I've, I'm having a breakdown, like, everything he does at this point, Aaron, it's a call for help, um, it's that poor innocent boy calling for help from, because he knows he's become a monster, you know, and if younger Aaron were to see him, he wouldn't recognise himself. He wouldn't. He'd be shocked at who he became. And to be fair, it's very clear that Aaron has seen the future, so he saw who he was going to become. And part of that shock is what shocked him into becoming this. It's a very vicious cycle, and cycles of violence are something very prominent in this show. And I really think that this is a violent cycle that Aaron's on himself. The fact that. He saw himself in the future and that shocked him into becoming this version of himself that, you know, he was horrified by. And as I say, he didn't want any of this. There's no part of Eren that wanted any of this to happen or any of this to be the option. But he doesn't want Historia to get thrown into this or sacrificed. He doesn't want any of his friends to die young. And the rest of the world isn't going to help him. They're just going to try and kill him and all his friends. So he's doing, when I say the only reasonable thing. The only thing he sees he can do is this and that's that's horrible the fact that he thinks he has to has to resort to this but if anything maybe he does you know it's it's so i don't know it I, I, oh, it really is a tragedy and it, it really makes you think about him and you know even hanji she had a moment where she basically said irvin we need you that's the thing. I think Commander Irvin, he, um, he's who they needed right now as well. You know, yes, it was the right thing to let him die over on a personal level, but Irvin would have been able to solve this. He would have been able to get through to Erin and perhaps find another way. Irvin was the leader, you know, they deserved and needed, but Irvin deserved to rest, and it's such a, such an awful thing. And I think Levi knows that more than ever, the fact that yeah, Irvin should have been brought back. Not that Armin has been a disappointment. You know, he's really stepped up as the Colossal Titan and as just an ally. Armin's really stepped up and Armin's too pure for the show at this point. You know, he's not naive, but he just believes that there can be a peace. There can be a sit down and talk. Whereas Erin doesn't believe there's a chance of that. And to be fair, as much as I want to believe Armin, as much as I want to support him, I think Erin might be right, you know, I can't see the other nations, especially now, but even if Erin didn't do anything, they were already planning to kill all the people on Paradis. I don't think there is a way at this point to just sit down and talk. At this point, it's, well, quite frankly, it's just, it, it's gone, you know, the chance to sit down is gone, and, and Erin's, Erin's right, they're not going to sit down and talk, and Unless they just want to lay down and die. Because, I mean, they can fight all they want. And, you know, you have Captain Levi who, yeah, is basically indestructible. But if the whole world keeps pummeling down on you like, constantly, I think it'd get to a point where even the great Captain Levi would fall. He'd have no allies left. You know, it'd get to a point where maybe Levi doesn't fall. But Paradis has fallen. All his allies have fallen. What's he fighting for anymore? You know, if he's got nothing to fight for, even Levi, I think, would lay down his swords and just die because Levi's very much fighting for it. He's not just fighting mindlessly, he's fighting for a reason. So, you know, even if you couldn't kill Levi, he 
get to a point where he can't hold off a whole army himself. The rest will just storm Paradis, and when when the nation's gone, what's he got left to fight for? He's got nowhere to retreat, you know. He so the options are, you know, fight to the death and die, or have Arian fight back in the only way you can win, which is horrific. But you'd live, but do you want to live in a blood-soaked world, you know? And this all comes down to Eren's psychology of living equating freedom. He doesn't want to take away his friend's freedom by cutting their life short and making them titans. He doesn't want to cut his friend's life short by having them literally killed at the hands of the rest of the world and therefore them losing their freedom. And the big irony to this is that, you know, there's a famous saying, I think, amongst maybe soldiers, I don't really know where it comes from, is liberty in death, which is something... I haven't waited to say out loud for a while because it really, really scares me regarding Eren's fate. Because liberty and death essentially means that the only liberty in life, the only freedom in life is death. That is the only way to free yourself from this nightmare. And that terrifies me because Eren's always been about freedom and I'm pretty sure liberty and death is quite a, a military-based phrase. And this show is all about the nature of war, and the thought of Arian just wanting true freedom, is is his freedom going to come in death? I, I really don't want to think about it, but the potential is yes. You know, he, but Arian equates freedom to living, but will he realise that a true freedom is death and just accept death? I don't know, I don't... I don't and, I do want to know. I need to know that Erin survives, and it's killing me not knowing uh, where, what, what's going on with him. Um, I need him to survive. Just on an emotional, personal level, I need Erin Jaeger to survive. Um, but I don't know. And liberty and death is a very scary phrase when used in terms of Attack on Titan. Because whilst I think a lot of the other main cast will survive, Levi most definitely will. Armin probably will, because Eren even said at one point in season three, you know, Armin is the real hero, you know, I think, or something to those lines, or Armin will be the one to save us, you know, to, and, you know, the episode where Armin quote-unquote died in season three was called Hero, so I think it's all been stacking up that whilst Eren is the protagonist, the real hero of the story is Armin, and I have a feeling he'll have something to do with that, so I have a feeling he'll survive, plus he's also the narrator, so, from that point of view, it's probably him telling this story uh, years on from when it took place. So, I've no doubt he'll survive and say, Levi, I think, will. Um, the rest of the squad at this point, Jean, Connie, um, I think will survive. Hanji, I'm not sure about. Um, I've got a strong feeling she might be on her way out. But, you know, there's a few I think might survive. Um, but Erin, I don't... <sighs> He's the one I want to survive the most, um, but also the one I think is most likely to die. Liberty and death is a very scary phrase um, when used with him because of his dream of freedom. But is that his one true freedom from, from all this cruelty? Is it him dying? <laughs> and it's horrible to say, yes, it is. All the suffering he's been through, he will be free of everything. Free from the walls, free from the suffering if he dies. But I don't want that to be his ending. I want him to find freedom in life. I want him to live that life. But then he's only got a few years left due to the curse of Ymir anyway. So, I don't know. I don't... I really don't know at this point what's going on with him. 
Um, I want him to live, but it's it's a very shaky thing, and all he cares about is his friends living at this point, and obviously still freedom. Um, so hopefully he'll achieve it um, through the means that I want him to. Hopefully it doesn't involve him dying, but honestly, you know, who who am I to say what's going to happen, what's not going to happen? It's a very, very scary concept at this point in time. And uh, as we are about halfway through the episode, I will uh, stop crying over the fact that I think Eren's going to die and jump straight into the sponsor, which as of right now is still Schmerp, the brilliant um, graphic designer and resident... Um, I can't think of the fucking word. Commission... Commissionist? Is it a commission? I don't know. I don't know if there is a word for it. The person who does commissions on King's Eye's life. Um, ignore that really unprofessional bit. Um, actually, if I tell you to ignore the unprofessional bit, then you have to ignore the whole fucking podcast. The whole show. You know, just disregard all of it. Um, no, please don't. I, I appreciate your listens. It really does mean a lot. No, he... Sponsor. Shrub. Resident graphic designer of uh, King's Eyes Life. Please do go check him out on the commissions page. He does brilliant work and will do it for a reasonable price. He's great to talk to and will get all of your graphic design needs for your company, website, or whatever else you need to use it for. I couldn't think of any more reasons you'd need a graphic designer. I'm really sorry it's late. I haven't been having much sleep and I've got to be up in a few hours as well. Um, so this is going great um but no please do go check it out he does great work and really is a great guy and you will not be disappointed with whatever he does for you the communication is fantastic and you will get exactly what you requested if not something better so please do go check him out it'll be well worth your time now as i mentioned earlier we do have the twitter pages you've got my personal one which is at vader saying that's the best way to keep up to date with me or my random rants and stuff on twitter i retweet weird shit funny shit um and talk with some of my friends online and uh yeah that's a great way to keep up to date with me and i'll I'll also retweet every single um ufo tweet um onto my personal one as well so you can see it there i also have the pin tweet is the link to my discord server where at the moment i'm talking a lot with various pharaoh on there about our attack on titan likes dislikes uh she simps a lot over levi and we really want to grow that community so please do um come along there and have a chat with us it'd be great to see you there and grow the discord server but there's also room for anyone of any fandom so please do come check that out guys um and there is also the show page which is that you have failed sv the best way to keep up to date with the show i'll post on there when a new episode is up uh, if there's not why there isn't what the topic will be uh, obviously at the moment it's attack on titan all the way through um so that is a great um way to keep up to date with the show i'll also be tweeting whenever i go live with you have failed live for the live reaction of the attack on titan episode and any other lives i do that are you have failed related um and yeah that is the best way to keep up to date so please do please do go check those out guys it'd be greatly appreciated and i'd love to grow the community and get to know uh the people who sit there and uh power through my streams streams fucking out shows episodes jesus christ man you're an idiot who power through my episodes and really do show support and are dedicated to uh, failing just as much as i do and i did through that sentence um so now we go on to the second part of the episode and this is where i don't have any plans this is where my mind is just going to go on a tangent about why attack on titan is the best thing ever made and it is um that's my opinion if anyone disagrees you're not wrong 
but you're not right. That's the way I'm going to put it to be diplomatic. And if you haven't watched the show by now and you've listened to all these episodes, I've spoiled everything, but go and watch it anyway. It's incredibly written. I um, I don't have much manga. You know, I tend to read mine online using Manga Rock or something. But I did recently purchase both parts of um, No Regrets, which is the Attack on Titan spin-off about Captain Levi, because that is one of my favourite stories in Attack on Titan, because I do love Levi. Also, because I wanted to purchase the whole thing of Attack on Titan. One, it's not finished yet. Two, I do not have that much money at the moment. But, you know, it really says a lot about a show if I like it that much to buy... Not only the merch, uh, if you're watching the live stream, I have the Survey Corps jacket. I didn't put on my blanket, but I've got a Survey Corps cloak blanket. Uh, I've got a Levi and an Erin thing. And yeah, now I have two two manga um, volumes as well, which are both parts of the uh, No Regrets miniseries, uh, focusing on Captain Levi's origins and well, how he how he came to be part of the uh, Scouting Regiment. Which, by the way, I think is, talking to No Regrets quickly... It, it really shows how quickly Captain Levi rose through the ranks because No Regrets takes place a year before we first meet Eren. So the year 844, we first meet Child Eren in 845. So that means by the time we meet Levi and he is a captain in the main story, which is five years after we first meet Eren, so that's in 850, that means in six years Captain Levi has risen so far up the ranks that he has become a captain, one of the highest ranking members of the survey corps now on the one hand you could argue that that is because you know he did agree to join the survey corps but technically he's not an official member of the military like he agreed to sort of be a liaison if any type thing so technically he could just have you know have that temporary position because you also find most other people who have his standing in the survey corps are all commanders you know like hanji or uh miko you know the humanity's second strongest soldier who had like 150 less titan kills than levi but whatever whereas he's only a captain so that also suggests that maybe he is slightly outside the regular military rankings but also likely is the fact that obviously he was found and recruited by commander irvin who at the time was just squad leader squad commander himself so as he got promoted he decided to put levi up there as well only as a captain because uh, he's not you know I don't think Levi would be a good commander. Commanders normally have to think from afar and strategize and be tactical, whereas captains are a lot more involved in the battle. And Irvin definitely knew, and I think most people know at this point, that Levi's talents lie in field combat. He is an incredibly strong soldier, humanity's strongest soldier, and will cut through any Titan in his way. So making him a commander would actually be a waste of his incredible uh, talents. But I do find it incredible that in, in six years he um, he became captain, which is very fast to rise to ranks, I think, personally. Obviously, I, I don't have a military background, so I don't know entirely if that's true. But yeah, he definitely uh, rose through the ranks very quickly, and that is very impressive. And No Regrets is fantastic. If you have, if you have watched Attack on the Titan, and you haven't watched the No Regrets um, two-part episode thing, which is obviously based on the two parts of the manga, um, you're fools. No, genuinely, do go check out No Regrets. It's one of the uh, best spin-offs you'll ever see. Um, people argue over whether it's canon or not. I'd say it is, because um, it doesn't really displace anything in the timeline. And yeah, it's a really good watch, especially for Captain Levi fans, um, which Ares Pharaoh can testify to that she loved that so much. It's unreal. Um, because she simps over Levi, which which is cool. He, you know, he's a good-looking dude. 
Um, but yeah, that's a little Levi rant. See, this is where I don't, I don't know. But the Attack on Titan mythology is so, it's incredible. Obviously, the the city, as well, at least um, Shiganshina district, where obviously Eren grew up, is very Germanic um, in its design. Most of the interior of the walls is, um, to the point where you can even most of the names, Irvin. Erin, you know, Jaeger even being the German word for hunter. It's very Germanic vibes, which made people think that it is set in real-world Germany. Well, the equivalent of real-world Germany, but it wouldn't make sense if Paradise is an island, you know. But that's just cool. And even, I mean, to an extent, you can argue that the walls are an extension of the Berlin Wall. You know, left and right, communism, capitalism, is it, is it not? But then I'd argue that the walls are being run by capitalists. Well, before Historia anyway. Uh, corrupt capitalists just as the people outside the walls are. So let's not get into a political debate now. Um, but no, the whole mythology, you know, devils and gods. And multiple times it's pointed out that, you know, what appears as a god and as a saviour to some may appear as a devil to others. So, you know, Emir was revered as, as a god and a hero amongst Eldians, but the devil by... Um, the rest of the rest of the world and titans to be fair are generally viewed as devils now um by the whole world because obviously most eldians are forced to become them or eaten by them and it, it's not a nice it's not a nice concept but you know the whole religious implications of that th there's a lot of ritual behind it but but even just the whole backstory that we keep getting drip fed about in me like it'd be great to find out more about her origins, how she became the first Titan. I'm sure that is explored in the manga. And as I say, I, I don't really read ahead um, too much. I look at a few bits, but I don't spoil the story for myself. If I see anything, it's because I'm Googling something um, that I've heard in an episode, trying to work out more about it, and I might accidentally see a spoiler. I, I don't generally look for spoilers myself. I, I, I want to experience the story as best I can. So hopefully we can find out more about Ymir um, in the future, who's obviously the original Titan, how she gained that power and more context behind maybe the original Titan War and everything. You know, that's, I think, how I know this show really, that's when I knew this show really hit a nerve with me. Normally I can watch a show and I don't really, you know, I can just watch it and just enjoy it. But if I really get into a show, I noticed this is the first time I watched The Office as well. I start Googling things things that maybe didn't make sense to me or if I just want to find out more about a backstory of a character obviously it didn't do it as much in the office because it's a sitcom setting so it's very different but no with Attack on Titan like the whole mythology and backstory of it I'll find myself constantly like I say not spoiler territory but sort of googling oh what is you know this or I'll see something happen and not quite understand it so I'll google and want to know more about oh, what I just saw happen you know so or get other people's opinions because I, I like to see if other people have viewed something the same way I have. And that's how you really know that I think, especially me, I don't know about you, I'm really into a series or really into something is that I will start Googling uh, tiny aspects of it that I want to explore more. Um, there are still shows I do that now, shows that are still that I've finished a long time ago. I'll go back and watch it and I'll start Googling stuff and thinking oh why couldn't this continue you know we could have explored this this and this not that not exploring it ruined the show it just would have been cool to see you know and that's that's me with attack on titan at this point i just get so 
so enveloped, so engrossed by what's going on um, that I just Google. I sit there and Google, 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 and, and sit there and just just enjoy it. And that's because I love the mythology of it. You know, there's there's a lot of Norse influence, Germanic definitely. Obviously, Norse and Germanic can overlap, so that's probably where that's come from. But even Christians with devils and gods, and you know, Helios is Greek. No, yeah, I think it's Greek, if not Latin. Um, the god of the sun, so obviously that was... I don't know how that fits in, Helios being obviously the Marlian fabricated hero. Um, but yeah, even the designs of some of the titans, you can see quite Germanic, Norse, creature-esque. The whole idea of titans as well, because I'm pretty sure they're called something else in, in the Japanese. Titan is sort of a mistranslation. Um, but they're very reminiscent of the... Um, the frost giants and the fire giants of Norse mythology heavily involved in Ragnarok as well and I'm wondering if that links into maybe there's some sort of Ragnarok story going on here especially being though that Ymir is a powerful figure in Norse mythology who obviously not the little girl we know who became the first titan but in the Norse the, the figure Ymir in, in Norse mythology is quite powerful and quite involved in Ragnarok as well and this linked with like def the definite link to frost giants and stuff and because I hang on what's what are they called in Japanese you know it might just actually be giants which as I say feeds into the frost giants I'm pretty sure there are some form of fire giants or just regular giants linked to Surtur as well frost giants being led by Loki and Surtur leading the, uh, the, the the fire or other giants I can't remember too much about that although I did an episode of that on Am finally so I probably should know but it's a long time ago when I've got a lot to try and remember and my mind palace is currently closed. Her mind palace. If you get that reference, you also like another awesome show. Anyway, moving along. Um, yeah, there's definitely a Norse influence going on here and it does make me wonder if this climactic battle is going to have Ragnarok sort of implications. It's like a, a restart to the world. Obviously, after the big cataclysmic event that is Ragnarok, the world restarts, you know, with, with two other gods, and it might even be Amir as one of them. I can't I can't remember, but I know Amir is heavily involved in Ragnarok. Maybe this is all speculation and the fact that there are giants and Emir and world ending stakes and a potential time loop and vicious cycle of violence. The time loop coming from the idea that the original episode was called to you two thousand years from now. And there's another episode you know, later, I think, or a manga chapter that I've seen is something about 2,000 years in the making. So there's definitely the message being sent. There's obviously the big theory that that's Emir sending a message to Erin, which is 2,000 years after what happened to her. And that's why he got those visions, which is also the implication that maybe it's not the attack titan that can see into the future, but actually Emir sending him images. We don't really know yet, and that's all to be explored. Because it also looked like Falco in the first episode of... Um, Season 4 also saw stuff from the future, or perhaps he saw stuff from the past and he is destined to get a titan, but he hasn't got a titan yet, so he shouldn't have access to those memories, which is very similar to how Eren saw things before. But Eren saw the future, not the past, whereas Falco clearly saw the past and not the future, but both of them before they inherited a titan, which is very interesting. Um, maybe Falco ends up eating Eren and inheriting his powers, who knows? 
you know, I, I, I honestly don't know if that's what's going to happen, and, and it's it's very interesting um, to think about. Um, there's definitely Norse roots going on here, if not only for the fact that it's a Germanic setting and they were trying to go for that sort of aesthetic, but I really don't know, and I don't know where the story's going. I know Arian's going to enact the rumbling, there's no doubt about it. But how it ends, does it end a cycle of violence? Does it end a particular time loop? Does Eren live? Does Eren die? Does Eren die as a martyr because he united the world against a common enemy? Does he live after uniting the world after a common enemy and go on to live a life and meet his child? And that is him holding his child at the end of uh, the final panel that I've spoken about before that was revealed a while back. Or does he die, you know, or does Armin save the world? You know, who knows what happens? Who knows what's, who survives? And please just be Eren please just survive please can that young child come back can the real Eren come back and just enjoy a life of freedom perhaps Emir has been controlling him the whole time maybe not in a malicious way but maybe she's been trying to break the curse of titans as well and knows that the only person who can help her achieve that is Eren so she's been pushing him in this right direction so that together they can start a plan that will end with the destruction of all titans and he can be free and everyone can be free from titans like i've said before that was the original goal of the series and i wouldn't put it past isayama to rewrite the story that actually the final challenge achieved is the destruction of all titans freedom from all titans i wouldn't put that past him in his genius writing uh, to be that's what happens next um but honestly i don't know maybe amir and has been destined to meet Erin. I think there's definitely something going on there with, you know, the the first episode being to you 2,000 years from now. Whilst Armin is narrating it, that isn't from him. That is definitely Amir talking to it. It must be Erin or even Armin himself. Um, but Amir is a very big part in this. I have a feeling she's going to become a much bigger part in the future of the show uh, series. And Erin's um, going to take a forefront, obviously, as well, becoming the villain-esque character but I refuse to call him a villain because <clears throat> he's right. He's not doing anything wrong. A villain is doing something completely wrong. And whilst Eren, what he's, I suppose what he's doing is wrong. He's doing it for all the right reasons. And to that extent, more he's Darth Vader than a villain because he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, but is he? He's very selfish. Eren is doing it to save his friends and family. And yeah, Darth Vader was doing it to save his wife. But even after his wife died, he kept doing it. That's a whole different psychology. I'm not going to go into the argument over Darth Vader. I'm talking about Eren Jaeger right now, who I don't think is beyond redemption. It's just whether they can stop him whilst keeping him alive or whether he even wants to live at this point. It's very up for debate if he actually wants to, considering everything that is going on and the fact that, you know, he's been forced to do a lot of things he didn't want to do and whether Emir is really forcing him or whether she had to orchestrate this for her own freedom because it's very clearly that she lives within the founder perhaps in the coordinate which is the founder um, and is very much still linked to the power of titans so does she want to be free from that burden is that why she wants to get rid of titans herself to finally lay her own power to rest i don't know you know it's clear that she's still in there somewhere because she was the founder um, and her powers are still locked by king fritz's vow and she was obviously a slave to him um because she worked for him it's very clear that they well maybe not a slave but i don't know it, it something's going on with the founder and the fact that it's a slave to the 
to the royal family, which makes me think that the original King Fritz and the Mir had some sort of relationship. I mean, I don't know. She clearly, you know, a slavish relationship because she has to do what... Anyway, that's that's beyond the point. I'm not going to justify that. That, I think, is made a point in the show anyway with her kids and everything. So, and the power of the Nine Titans, which is a bit weird. But anyway, or maybe that's something I read in the manga reading ahead. I'm not sure where my information comes from at the moment, but I'm pretty sure it's a slavish relationship. Maybe she finally wants to be free from that herself. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm completely wrong and who really knows at this point. I don't. I don't know anything. What do I know? <laughs> Attack on Titan's brilliant. I really do. I really do love it. And I don't know where the ending is going. And I love that. And I will probably cry if Aaron dies. Um, and I'll cry if he doesn't. Because I hate endings. And I hate saying goodbye to these characters. I think me and Ares Pharaoh have said together. Is the fact that we know no matter how this show ends. There is still so much we could see from these characters. Whether it ends and they get their, their, their quote unquote freedom. And they get to live reasonably happy lives. It'd be nice to see them as they grow, you know, see them live out their lives. You know, you get so attached to these characters that you want to see them live out their lives after all this is said and done. Which, obviously, sadly, we won't. Hopefully, Isiyama might give us a few answers over the years about, oh, you know, Jean's doing this, Connie's doing that, and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I hope... We, um, we get a happy ending and it will be sad to say goodbye to these characters regardless. I just hope that Eren Yeager survives. And um, that will be the end of my TED talk. Uh, once again, Year of Failed is not applicable to Attack on Titan because it hasn't. If I can find an, an aspect that's failed Zeke, you're you're an asshole, and I really hope Levi kills you one day. Um, and the only person I think feels more strongly about that than me is, is Ares herself. So Zeke, you're an ass. You have failed. But Attack on Titan, you could never fail. Even if you do kill Eren, I'm not going to hate you. I'm just going to cry for the rest of my life. Uh, so thank you so much, everyone, once again for listening. I really do appreciate you all. And uh, I'll speak to you next week. See you later, guys.